Welcome to Showcase Studios and Real Talk with Michael Wardy. I am Michael Wardy, um, Certified Financial Planner, Regional Director at Source Advisors, where we are working with our clients and their CPAs and professional advisors on tax incentive strategies. Uh, this morning, we have a different broadcast, and I want to welcome George and Phil to our show. They are the hosts of a great show on Saturday mornings, and I'll have you guys uh, touch on that coffee with George and Phil and I have my coffee and actually this mug looks very similar to your logo so welcome gentlemen Good thank morning. you Michael thank you guys for joining I appreciate it and for everybody out in LinkedIn YouTube Instagram I think we're still on and wherever you are and watching this whether it's live or or a um um, a recording. The reason that I wanted Phil and George to join today was with what's going on with the economy and the job markets. It sounds like there's a lot of jobs available. People are looking, not looking, um, all the different unknowns. What they talk about and the book that, that George wrote, Hired, which by the way, I did read and I highly recommend for anybody, no matter where you are in your career, Highly recommend grabbing this. I think I got it from Amazon and go through it. I actually did read it because I have notes on it that I wrote. Um, it's a great resource in helping people efficiently find a job. So um, before we get into that side of it, what I want to talk to you guys about is your show that you have on Saturday mornings and um, share with the audience what the Coffee with George and Phil is all about. Phil, you want to well, start us off? <laughs> sure. It's, so first and foremost, Michael, thanks for having us this morning. And um, it, it's been exciting. We, we started the first of the year with Coffee with George and Phil. And it's a opportunity for us to share our experiences with people and be able to help others that are struggling with either job transition, they're in job search, they're looking for the next chapter of their professional lives, or they're just stuck in a rut and they're looking for a way to improve. Uh, we have it the first and third Saturday of the month. Uh, we start at 8.02 a.m. and we go for 22 minutes. Um, so it's very very short and sweet, condensed. We try to cover one topic each each episode. And the, the mission of the episode um, really is just to help other people get better. That's perfect. And that's 8.02 Central, right? Yeah, great point. 802 Central. And and we and with 22 minutes is, is we wanted it to be condensed and, and digestible for people on the weekend. Um, it, it really started, George and I were talking about the book that he was writing with Hired, and he had just published it. And, and we were realizing that there's this large group of people out there in job transition. And Saturday mornings can be a difficult time for those folks. The house is quiet. Um, maybe the week didn't go as well as they planned. They didn't get the offers that they were hoping for. And uh, both George and I both have full-time jobs. So this is something that we, we kind of do as a, a service to the community. We try to help folks as best we can. And um, it's been a lot of fun. 
Perfect. Oh, exactly. You know, one of the things that I realized in my first, because I was in two career transition in a short period of time. And one of the things that was frustrating was, is that there was no roadmap to, hey, what are all the things that I should consider from the time that I left my last position to the time that I land? Now, I don't necessarily have to do them, but it literally took me almost seven months to just, you know, figure it all out, the process, et cetera. And so I said, you know, if this ever happens to me again, I'm going to follow the process I clearly define. And as I started to speak more about it, I realized that other people didn't really have that roadmap as well. So really, the book is a clear, quick read, simple uh, objectives to be able to do so, so that you can turn around and be successful and cut your time in half. And that's what I proved in my second career transition. You know, for, I went from 13 months out uh, the first time to five and a half months the second time. So I will do my best to try to keep this to 22 minutes as well. Um, I have a tendency to ask questions and then they go off on tangents, but I will, I will do my best. Just to start out on a broad scape, um, what recommendations would you give uh, in terms of somebody that's looking for a new job? Just on the front end, what would you guys say, here's where you need to start? And, and let me preface all this by whether you already have a job, you're looking for a career change, a um, or just just getting into the job market. Like we have a lot of people we know that are college students graduating. A lot of them have jobs and offers out there. Some of them do not. So for the ones, and I remember when I was graduated college, that was a challenge. And not only trying to find a job, trying to figure out what did I want to do because I just didn't know at the time. What advice would you guys give? I think you actually said it perfectly. You know, first of all, you know, whether you're in transition, contemplating a transition or starting out in your new role, it's really established where you're at. Right. And a lot of times people feel like I do know it, but you've been working, you've either been going to school, you know, full time. Um, you really got to take a, a brief time out to evaluate where am I at and where do I want to be? I think for me, I think, you know, we evaluated and I just took a very simple approach. I took a uh, eight and a half by 11 piece of paper and I drew three lines and I said the last role that I left all the great things that I liked uh, on the right I basically skipped over the middle for a second and I said hey what are the things that would be the ideal opportunity and in the middle I basically pulled you know a little bit of both and said really this is my ideal situation my ideal option going forward and just preparing for that you know you got to do all the prep work we talk about it in the book you know establishing a value proposition making you schedule your day in the life those types of things even before you get out there networking and interviewing. Mm -hmm. And building, building on that, Michael, I think that one of the things that I think George and I were both guilty of early on when we were in transition, but, but we, we run across people um, each week as we're networking that you get so focused on finding a job. And, and what I usually try to encourage people is think about looking for an opportunity to thrive. And when you're reading that job description, asking yourself, is this going to be an opportunity for me to thrive? Um, too often mm -hmm. we just jump from the frying pan to the fire. You know, we, we just we just think, all right, I just need to get a job. I just need to get a job and life will be better. And the reality is you, you may end up right back where you were. And if you're not really looking for an opportunity to leverage the skills and talents you have to develop and be and have a job with fulfillment. That's a good point. It's a really good point. And that's something that I know a lot of people get to that point where they just say, I just need something. And 20 years later, after saying that, they say, I really just don't like getting that something. And they're still stuck in that position. So I, it's, think, it's, I think the other area that we, we tend to recommend and we've talked about on our show is 
what, what George just alluded to with the value proposition, it's rather than just going to the job and thinking about how that job can provide benefits and salary to you is what is the value you're going to bring that organization? What's the impact you're going to make? What's going to happen because of you? And uh, mm -hmm. I think too often when we're in that stressful situation, either we're in a job that we don't like and we want to find something else or we're unemployed and we, we're looking for a job, we forget the fact that we get paid because we provide value to an organization. And when you shift that mindset and you think about what you can contribute to an organization, um, I think that's at least I've found and I've and, and my experience is other people also get you get more energized when you're thinking about that. Absolutely. You know, I think, you know, a lot of times people tend to talk about, well, passion may not pay the bills, but there's a lot more to that. I mean, for me, one of the things that I love doing was, is, you know, coaching and mentoring next generation leaders and high potentials in an organization that gives me energy. And it also pays back to the company in tenfold. Right. So if you find ways that your value can provide additional value to the organization, it's a win win. And you wake up every morning with fire in your belly and ready to make people's lives different, whether it's the work life, the balanced home life um, or yeah. overall business. That's that's a great point. Guy I worked with when I was in banking years ago said this to me when he looks for a job, it's not him being interviewed. He said, you need to interview them. Absolutely. You know, and this is the failure with, I think, a lot of maybe some of my generation, right? Because we're always focused on the title or the compensation, et cetera. But, you know, the younger generation are actually asking more inquisitive questions about what's the culture like? What's my challenge is going to be? What are my learning experience? I mean, they're interviewing us more than we're interviewing them at times. And please, I can believe you that they are definitely um, going to take us to the next level in business. That's interesting. And you, you brought up a good point that I want to transition into is the culture. So I know in your book, you talk about, um, you know, when you're looking for a job, you're looking for that right company, that career. But as you're going through this transition, there's more to it than just focusing on that. And you mentioned, I remember where it was. I, I do want to touch on the networking card. I love that. But you talk about the mental strength and the physical strength. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Because that stress of looking for a job and finding that right career and that right environment for you helps you mentally and physically. But what about that gap? Can you talk about that? Go. I think, you know, it, it, first and foremost, we, you know, I think that the biggest challenge we all have as human beings is we get sucked into that negative energy of a situation and we identify ourselves with a job. And, and it, it's, it's, it's just the way I think that we're wired in a lot of ways, but the, that's why I like using that expression of the opportunity to thrive, because I think that if you can reset how you approach making a living and, and going to work every day, and that it's a, it's a way for you to serve or provide value to others. Um, kind of like George said, the, 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 the payback both to the organization and to yourself from a fulfillment standpoint is, is more than tenfold. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and Michael, I consider myself tenaciously optimistic, right? But Good. that takes work. I, like that. I mean, you get up every morning, you have to make a conscientious decision, right? And I always tell people, you know, there's a lot of things outside of your control. 
Control the yeah. things that you have control in. And, and Ellie, find, find kind of a benefit and motivation to those things. It's easy to Phil's point. And I actually call it the Eeyore effect. How many times we've talked to people, it's kind of, oh, woe is me. Well, that's a, a kind of an engine ed, energy sucker, right? And to me, yeah. you know, people tend to don't want to be around those people. So you've got to work to be positive, energetic, enthusiastic, right? Because those are the people you want to be a part of. Absolutely. And I know in your book, you talk about this. I, I, I just wrapped up a an eight-week course on emotional intelligence and leadership training. And in your book, you talk about that I am phrase. And I know you said when you mentioned the book that it didn't sound too credible until you started to do it. I think you, you said you did it for 30 days and you acknowledged that it does work. Yeah. Morning affirmation. So a part of what I talk about, and, and this helps people either in career transition, in life, et cetera, but it's really your scheduled day. How do you wake up? How do you get yourself motivated so that you can motivate others? Especially when you're a leader, it's your responsibility to kind of be the cheerleader of the team, right? Even when mm -hmm. your best employee is, is maybe suffering that day for some, some way, you got to go in there and kind of give them a charge. And not all times are you 100%. So for me, it was just, you know, getting up. I actually was talked into doing meditation. To me, that was just kind of a process of clearing out all that bad data, you know, from our brains. We've got a supercomputer up here. We've got to do that. We've got to power that down, clean all that out. And then morning affirmations do work. And I actually was yeah. a highly skeptical New England person. And one of my one of my friends on the personal board of advisors told me, said, George, quiet, do it for 30 days and then tell me, come back to me. And then, you know what? I've been doing it for over two years. That's I, I just started doing it. And I was the same way. I was like, eh, whatever. And just by saying, eh, whatever, I was on the opposite side until I started doing it. I'm like, oh my gosh, you just, you feel better no matter what the situation is. And there are times we can all say this. There are times you're just like, I'm burnt out. I don't have that morning information. I can't do it, but you got to do it. And it's got to be a habit because once you get in that habit and you're doing it, you know, things are going to come up. That's life. But it's how you acknowledge it and what you do with it that will make it a great, great visual for your viewers might be just think of a glass of, of murky water. And, and that's our mind being inundated with all the media and all the negative stuff. And and our body is drawn to that. Right. It's a survival instinct hardwired in our DNA to be able to look for that negative danger so that we can respond to it. And the media taps into that every single day. And in the last 10 or 15 years, it's just gotten so much worse because we can't escape media, right? It's, it's on every device we carry. It's in every room of the house. And so if you're not intentional, like George was saying, you, you need to just have a nice steady stream of clean, fresh water going into that glass. The glass is going to overflow and the murkiness is going to come out. But if you turn off that fresh flow of water, the, the glass is going to stay murky. So you've got to continually reinforce with affirmations, with, with what you read, with what you're watching. Um, you know, I've got teenagers in our household and, and we make a point on the weekends. We're not watching a lot of negative content, whether it's the movies we watch, the TV shows, we're being very selective on what we're putting in our heads because we, we realize that we need to kind of continually reinforce that internal programming that we have in our head. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So one other question I have for you guys, if we can touch on the networking. I thought this was an interesting idea um, because it's different. 
and it definitely it's like the ideas that you have in this book are, are just like they, I feel like they're very creative and they're different than what other people are doing, which is a great way to stand out. So can we touch on, and I know we're bouncing around and I apologize. It's just, there's so many different things I want to touch on. Um, can we talk about that for a second? I, I'd like to go first and then I'll turn it over to George because I, I think George is a um, fifth degree black belt master in networking. Um, and and I, I will share a personal story. So I was in a situation about two and a half, three years ago, where I had relocated, I go back seven years ago, I relocated to Minnesota. I, I live in the Twin Cities now, love living here, great quality of life. But the original job assignment I had was gonna be temporary. We weren't gonna stay in Minnesota. Like a lot of folks, you know, it's a, it's a temporary assignment, come to the corporate headquarters and then relocate. Um, and so I didn't spend a lot of time doing professional networking. Mm-hmm. And then I reached a point where all of a sudden, I needed a network and I didn't have one. And I went to a couple of meetings. I had the the, the gift of being able to cross paths with George and, and learn from him. But there's an incredible, this isn't a skill that we learn in, in school. It, it, it's, it's, it's relationship building. But the reality is, is that too often networking is about what's in it for me. And right. where I think George and I have both realized and, and where we saw our networks explode is when we stopped having it be about us and had it be about helping other people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the first people that I traditionally got into networking gave me this advice. He said, uh, George, uh, I learned a little late in my life is that the more that I give, the more that I receive. And so um, I tell people, you know, I was actually an introvert myself uh, way back in 2016, 17, when I started this whole process. So if myself, you can learn networking, uh, even the most introverted could find ways. And that's one of the things that I help people and coach people on is being able to kind of just wade into the shallow end of the pool because no one who's an extreme introvert is going to get close to the pool. I mean, if you were like me when you're growing up, the way you got, you know, learn how to swim was your parents picked you up and dumped you in the deep end of the pool and said, good luck, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> not even going to get close to the pool. I, I think that's even for myself. I, I've been, I've had a career in sales. I've been a sales trainer, sales leader. I, I've gone in front of a thousand people to speak. It, you know, doing that was, was I had a certain skill set and competency, but the irony was I found networking to be incredibly intimidating because they were like the customer that you didn't know what they needed or, or, or what they were about. It was, it's like going on a blind date, you know, it's, yeah. uh, and I, I didn't have a prepared script in my head because I, I didn't know what they needed or what I was going to talk about, whether we were going to get along and um, developing that skill uh, has, and it takes time and you just got to get out there. Like George says, get into the shallow end, get wet, move around in the water um, but just start, you know, one a week, one a day, you know, um, three a day, getting to meet people and, and just learn about them. I, I think for me, what's fantastic about networking is learning about all the different types of industries that are out there. Yeah. And, and we've seen this even in the pandemic, right? The, 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 it put a spotlight on supply chain, for example. I mean, who knew that one meat factory closing in Southern Minnesota would have ripple effects across the entire country. Um, you know, the, the, it's, and, and when you network, you meet people 
in, in so many different areas of life that it's just really find it interesting. And at the end of the day, it comes down to something I think Lee Iacocca said years ago, if, if you, you, you really need to like people because that's all we got around here. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it very difficult if you don't like people. That is true. <laughs> well, you know, the other thing too is, is as we age, you know, for whatever reason, we start to lose friends, relatives and family, whether to health or opportunities, they move away. So it's important for you to continue to network, to really expand or you, your network is going to get really, really small. Um, yeah. And I can tell you that um, the kids that are coming out of college today, uh, being able to use that to their benefit will be so much farther ahead than we ever were because of the fact that they've got all these technologies that we're, we're still trying to figure out. You know, when I have a problem with the, with the TV or whatever, I have to call one of my younger sons <laughs> to kind of figure yeah. it out, right? Oh, yeah. um, and they could just do it in two seconds when it, you're fumbling with it for you know, an hour or so. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So walk me through the networking card. And then I have one more question. I know we're running up against the 22 minutes. So we may go, go to 24. Sure. Yeah, no, the networking card was really, you know, always an opportunity to differentiate yourself, right? So you're yeah. out there for me, you're out there in a sea of great experienced, qualified operational leaders and supply chain uh, leaders. And so what you've got to be able to do is make yourself a little bit different and unique because everybody's going to give kind of a one page. Um, to me, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to make myself, and I looked at the process when I was networking. A lot of times they would fold that one page, it would go into a book, and it would either fall on the floor or never to be opened again after we talk. So I said, hmm, I looked at the 8 by 11 and I just cut it right in half, I put it on a cardstock, and I, all the front is really focused on all the value add that you can provide that individual. And that's part of the process that I talk about in the book, doing your homework on the individual the night before and pad that so that they read that and say, hey, wow, this person can help me drive top line. This person can help me with working capital. This person can actually help me develop and create a better work culture in the organization. Why yeah. wouldn't I want to talk about this person? Why wouldn't I want to introduce him to other colleagues of mine that might be looking for that particular skill? And the back is just a brief update as to reinforces, you know, other education, maybe your top three or four um, really great um, impacts that you've had on the business. I think that's brilliant. I love well, that. And build, building on that, Michael, I think that one of the big mistakes people make when they make their networking card is they just take their resume and plow it into this, mm -hmm. this format. And that's the biggest mistake, right? The, the resume is what's happened in your career and the to be introducing you to. Who should they be introducing you to? And, and what type of opportunities should they be aware of so that they can bring you together later? Um, so it, it's about your competencies. It's about the impact you can make on an organization. It's about the value that you can provide. Um, and then having some personalized. I know that uh, George usually has something on there about being a rappel master. Um, and, and, it's be and I'll let him explain that. But that's something that's kind of unique to him that he can tie in his professional experience to something that's very memorable. For a little while, I had that I um, ignition. I was working for a company that made fireplaces. So I had fire... And, um, you know, and I'm a sales leader, so I want to ignite other people. Um, so, so having some personal touch to it uh, is actually important as well. 
Yeah, so the difference between an elevator pitch, which I always say is so 2016, and Phil referred to it earlier, it's all about what you've done. And you're forcing a listener to really figure out, well, how does that resonate? Versus actually doing a homework the night before and coming up with a 30-second value proposition that says, hey, you know what? George, tell me about yourself. Well, I'm a rappel master. Much like my military career, I drop into difficult situations, make a quick assessment, develop a collaborative strategy with the team, and we execute that. Now, my team always exceeds the bar, whether that's the PL, the mission values and goals, you know, anybody that needs a rappel master. And I've gotten responses back from CEOs and saying, well, I don't know what a rappel master is if they've not been in the military or, or rappelled on, you know, rock climbing. Yeah. But they're like, hey, I think I need somebody like that. It's something that sounds like when you when you talk about that and you convey that, it's simple. You make it sound easy. I know it's not something that's easy to put together because no. people try this for years and most people give up. And you say, eh, I'll just I'll repeat what our company does and that's it. So you know, that 30, second, that 30 seconds is really um, focused on you, your value, back to what Phil talk, talked about earlier. It's unique to you and what value you yeah. do and what you can bring to that organization or that individual with those pain points that they may have been able to turn around and, and discuss, talk about, or actually put in their LinkedIn background. Yeah. And I just was going to say that I think that uh, I know we're not here to, to, to talk about George's book, but... The reality is his his book is a very easy read. Um, George's background he's he's a process expert, and he and he took those learnings on on how to simplify process and applied them to to job search. And I think that that's really in, in every chapter. It's it's just so easy for people to process and understand whether they're right out of college and they're just starting out in their careers or they're C level executive. Um, there's so many books out there on how to interview and what to wear. And he just boils it down to very simple nuts and bolts that it's really about mindset, preparation, and execution. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so for example, I, I we had two recent, uh, two gentlemen that I was been working with, one that just freshly out of college, you know, in this pand post-pandemic looking for an opportunity. He followed the process, landed his first role successfully a week before he's graduating. Second gentleman was an executive in a Fortune 100 company that left an opportunity, had a severance right, and he got an offer two weeks before his last paycheck in severance. And more importantly, he's making 30% more. So the process is is proven time over time again. Yeah. You have It works. You just got to put in the effort and the hard work and the lifting, as I tell people. So one more question than a statement, um, a brief question about LinkedIn. Um, most people take their profile from the resume, throw it on to their LinkedIn profile. George, I see you shaking your head. You're like, don't do it. I learned that last year, about a year, yeah, a little over a year ago, not to do that. Why not? Um, because the fact it doesn't differentiate yourself. I mean, they can read that off a resume, right? And to me, you know, LinkedIn is changing time over time again. There are two ladies in the Minneapolis area that work better than I would say all the people that I've kind of experienced. Um, and it's specifically about branding, right? To me, I didn't, you know, leading up to my first career transition, I always thought it was a company or a product that had branding. But you know what? You have a brand and it shows up well before you meet anybody, whether it's an interview or a network. That's Kathleen Crandall. She's here locally. Great person to really develop and outline your brand. And then Ann Pryor, which I think is the second global LinkedIn expert. 
she basically can take your you know your views from where mine was which was basically a measly 60 90 where one session i was well over a thousand views and that's what you want to do when you're especially when you're wow. transition is drive the right traffic and yeah. so that's what you need to do is you be able, your your resume is basically if you're doing the right things networking and everything else it's just a, a formal process that you've got to submit right your resume mm -hmm. is not going to get you a job it's going to clearly network and connecting with those hiring managers decision makers etc well so, and michael just i know we're pressed on time but just want to add to that because <laughs> i think what's really different for people that are in job search today versus even 10 or 15 years ago is everything is on computer algorithms and search engines and your LinkedIn profile is being searched, not by people. Uh, you know, the, the jobs, the, the companies that are posting and looking for candidates are not using people to search through profiles. They're using computer algorithms. And if you don't have the right words, if you don't have the right um, formatting to your profile, you're going to be invisible to these, these companies looking for people, uh, the recruiters looking for people. And it's incredibly valuable that if you're not modeling some of those experts, but some of the people like George mentioned that are really knowledgeable, it's worthwhile to watch their seminars or elicit their assistance in, in freshening up your profile. Yeah, and another person that's great out there, if you're contemplating a career change and you just don't know, I mean, Cap Breed, I mean, I'm talking about people that are local here in Minnesota. Um, you could reach out to these people, but they can actually help you develop where you're at and more importantly, where you want to be for your next 20 years. And I can tell you, five years ago, I'm totally transformed. And these ladies have really helped me really thrive. Back to uh, Phil's earlier comment in the in the show, thrive. That's what we all want to do. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Gentlemen, thank you. I know there's a lot more that we can cover. And I hope that you guys would um, welcome coming back or entertain coming back and talking further and getting deeper into it. Um, Thank you for our audience, our subscribers, our listeners, our viewers. I appreciate it as always. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe to my channel and like this video. Share it with anybody else, especially for those that are looking for career transitions, looking to get into the job market. Share this with them. And also, and I'm not getting a kickback or any anything from this. I'm telling you right now, if you are looking for a new career, new position, whatever it is, graduating college, grab this book. It is a very easy read. Follow the process as George and Philip both said. What I really appreciate is that it's not one of those counselors that you hire for thousands of dollars and they send out a hundred resumes or 200 and they say, I don't know, we'll just keep trying. This book gives you the right guidance and the process to put in place to really make you ultimately bring happiness to your life. So gentlemen, with that, thank you. And Michael, enjoy thank your you. weekend. Thank you, Michael. Stay healthy. And um, also, Coffee with George and Phil, the next broadcast is when? A week from this Saturday. What Always are we talking the about? Saturday of the month. What's the next topic there, Phil? The next next one is harnessing a positive attitude. Oh, I love it. I love it. And that's what we always want to have, especially on a Saturday morning. Absolutely. Have a great weekend, everyone. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.